just give it a little one, two, me. One, two, one, Lovely. two. Magic. So we got Ben. There we go. Oh dear. Oh. Wow, I did a lot of research. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. Welcome to the first ever Like I Am uh, podcast, where we're going to talk uh, all things music with different people from the music industry. Could be bands, producers, promoters, radio, literally anything or anyone. Um, yeah, and we're here with our first ever guest on the Like I Am podcast. He uh, is based in Derby. He's a producer. He's had his production plays on BBC Radio 2, lots of plays on BBC Introducing, and he's been running his own production company for a little over eight years, so please welcome Ben Haynes. Hello. How was that for a build-up? That was very, very nice, thank you. Lovely. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk through uh, production, uh, talk about uh, just lots of tips trips and tricks for people out there who need it and we've got a few questions which we've had off facebook for you which we'll get towards at the end um but first let's start with what your first kind of memories of music um like maybe music your parents listened to what your first kind of yeah the first bands you remember hearing and stuff well i was the uh youngest of four kids right um so there's six of us in the house and i was the youngest by quite a quite a lot so growing up i had all kinds of music that was being played so my dad he used to listen to classical music my mum um used to take me to church so i'd hear kind of folk music at church and organ music plus she'd listen to simon and garfunkel and that 60s type of stuff i had a sister who was into rock and metal i had another sister who was into pop and i had a brother who was into really weird avant-garde stuff and indie so honestly it felt like almost all bases were covered growing up i just used to hear everything so you literally you literally had everything growing up then yeah yeah just i just just sort of heard it all and absorbed it and plus um without showing my age too much (laughs) it was kind of it was the 80s when i was kind of young um and there was a whole there's a whole load of what i think is great stuff going on in the 80s and it looked like musicians were having the time of their lives. Yeah, they, that was the time where all musicians looked. They they they, they had videos on yachts, and mm. they all looked very rich and very happy. And, and sounds very Duran Duran that aimed. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, yeah, lots of that, and and lots of, of like towards the eight, the late eighties, there was lots of videos with them all in stadiums. Yeah, you know, yeah, and and that you know when you're when you're seven or eight, that's really impressive. Oh yeah. And um, besides that, just from an early age, I just loved music. Mm. I, I would listen to it all the time. Um, so no one in my family was really a musician. We had a piano, but but felt like I was the only person that played it. And um, from quite an early age, I used to tinkle on the piano. Um, I used to build drum kits from pans and, right. and boxes and play them with... Wooden spoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. chopsticks and things. And... Um, 
and I, th I think we got like a, a cheapo acoustic guitar. So right. I just I just learned through sort of experimentation because I, I never got yeah. lessons and everything. Anything. Cool. So um, did that as, as you got older? Did that lead to? Did you do the bands thing? Which yeah. Bands and stuff. So my my first unofficial band was when I was about eight. Me and a mate called Jim. We started a band called Jenim, which is an anagram of our names with a silent B at the end. Right, nice. And I've still got cassettes of that. And that was, again, it was me hitting boxes and him strumming a guitar tunelessly yeah. and us making up songs about whatever we could see in the room at the time. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, that was fun. And we used to record it onto a tape and pretend that we're making an album or yeah. play, playing live and stuff. When you press play and record at the same time. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, on the tape, yeah. yeah. And we invented studio recordings because one day we decided to get his tape recorder as well as mine. Oh. So we could record something onto my tape and then play it back whilst recording onto his tape. And then there'd be four of us. Wow. And we were like, we've just invented something amazing here. Wow. If only Duran Duran could see this. Yeah, yeah they'd be all over it, yeah. <laughs> but then um, my first proper bands where we were actually kind of playing real instruments was when I was about 12 or 13 and <clears throat> I started a band in school called The Relics and I played drums and that was the most exciting thing yeah. in the world. Not a bad name, that. The Relics. Yeah, I, c I can see that. I can see that in lights. Yeah, uh, maybe, well, you know. Maybe a reunion is necessary. I think, I think it maybe is, yeah. <laughs> Are them are them lot still playing or are they all off? Um, are they all th doing music or? Well, there was there was three of us at the core of it, right. and um, one of the guys is, is still my best mate, but he lives down in Cardiff now. Right. Okay. And the singer is down in Bristol. I see him, you know, every now and then. Um, they do. They both still do music, probably not to the same extent as I do because yeah. I'm doing it all the time. They don't do it as, for a living, but they still definitely play. You know. Lovely. That's cool. So, so um, have you have jammed recently, or is it something that? What this the, the relics? Yeah, yeah. We, we um. Do you still meet up and have kind of a? I'm I'm sure. We, yeah, we got together about four years ago because there was a guy, at our school called John Gill. He was he was a, a music teacher. Right. Um, we had two music teachers, a horrible, horrible woman called Miss Chester who hated anyone who didn't play the oboe <laughs> and used to throw us out of the music department constantly. Yeah. But also a really cool guy called John Gill who was really, really encouraging. And and for me in particular, he, he really gave me a lot of confidence. He used to say, you know, yeah. you're a really good musician. You know, you go for it. And he retired about four years ago and they did a big concert. So we reformed for that. Right, okay. And played um after no rehearsal which was fun wow. but yeah that was yeah was we, that covers no it was because our singer mark wrote his own stuff and oh, okay right from the age of 13 14 he was a great songwriter right um wow. uh he, he, wrote, he wrote some really good stuff so we played that so you had a reunion with no no practice no no i think we <laughs> we literally kind of those two ran through the chords yeah. on acoustic guitar and I tapped along. We're like, yeah, that'll do. Okay. So, right. Yeah. Wow. That's wicked. So um, let's move on to the, what you're doing now, the music producer. What was you yeah. doing before you decided to jump into this? Well, I was, um, I was in bands for a very, very long time. Okay. Um, but my favorite part of being in the band was always recording. Right. So I, you know, I used to love playing live, but, it could be a pain in the ass at times. And I used to love recording and I loved the process of it. And I was the guy that was probably 
quite annoying because I used to sit next to the sound engineers and I was like, no, 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 do, do this with the guitars. No, the snare's got to be louder and, and, and bring the vocals in here, you know. But I, I really got in, really, really got into yeah. it. And I remember being unhappy with a few of the mixers and immediately knowing what was wrong with the mixers yeah, and yeah. saying, you know, I know exactly what's gone wrong here. And I kept thinking, I'm sure I could do, like, with no disrespect to the people that were recording me at the time, but I'm sure I could do a better job than, yeah. than this. So I started getting recording gear and I started tinkering with it. And, um, you know, about sort of 14 years ago, I sent an email out to my mate saying, I've got some recording gear. Does anyone want to come and do some stuff? Yeah. And, uh, and plenty of people did. And, um, and I started going from there, really. Um, I, I, I absolutely loved recording and I loved, I, I, I only record singer songwriters, um, for two reasons. One is that there's enough studios in Derby that record bands yes. and they've got it down to T and they do it brilliantly. But also I love working one-on-one -on -one with someone. Yeah. Instead of a band where there's, you know, four or five different opinions, it's one undiluted idea. And my job is to get the idea out of the singer's head. Yeah. But the other reason I love it is because I get to play on the songs. So I get to play guitar yeah. and, and things. So um, it's it's good creatively as well. Well, that's something we, we were going to get into in a little bit. But yeah. but for those of you, obviously, because it's podcast, can't see, mm -hmm. we're sat in necessarily your shed. Yeah. But it's a very well-built shed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's got, it's li it's just a massive shed and it's got soundproof windows, doors, and inside is everything you would need to record an album. It's soundproof. There's mics everywhere, and it. Yeah. Um, so how how did it come from? You wanted to be a producer to, do you know what? I'm going to do it from home, and I'm going to build this. Yeah. Well, it got to a point recording friends where I'd start I'd start to charge, right? Um, because I thought. I've got, well, a number of reasons. A, I thought I've got to think like a business immediately. Yeah. Uh, because I, I do want to do this um, as as a job. But also because I wanted people to know that what I was doing was good, you know. Um, and, and my friends didn't mind paying. Yeah. So I had that on the sideline whilst doing a full-time job. Yeah. And then my daughter was born and it was it was a pain trying to get everything done. Um, what happened then was in 2010, 2011, I can't remember, um, I was working at the NHS and they offered voluntary redundancy right. to any of the staff because the recession hit the NHS two years after everyone else. Yeah. So they said, look, we need to make some cuts. Does anyone want to go? And they offered a very decent redundancy package. And I was like, yeah, I'd like to go. Right, and it was a complete shot in the dark for me because you know my daughter wasn't long born we'd just bought this house yeah and I wanted to go into something that was completely un, you know I'd done it kind of on the side for my mates but yeah. could I get full time work so it was out a bit, of it a bit of a risk at the time it was a massive yeah, yeah. risk and I, I told my wife and she was <laughs> she was like uh, but you know actually she she to be fair to her, she she messaged me at work and said you know what you only live once let's do it but and i promise i said to her look i'm not going to let us go hungry it, yeah. i, I want to try it for a year or for or for as long as the the redundancy money tides us over 
and if it doesn't work then i'll go and get another job any job and that'll be the end of it but i said i just want to really really try for a year so so that year i quit my job and i went at it good and proper i was working like 13 14 hour days getting my website done working on songs um and 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 just trying to promote what i was doing um just to show that i was out there yeah as you um your partner's um opinion changed now since you've been doing it this long and it's worked yeah absolutely yeah yeah i mean to be honest she 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 always trusted me and she she always had faith even though i said you know it could go either way you know i'll try my best but yeah you know she's um she 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 loves what I do. She, she doesn't. She can't get her head around self-employment. Right. Okay. She can't get her head around the fact that it isn't a consistent wage coming in every month. Right. Okay. It's up some months. It's down some yeah, months. Yeah. Like anything self-employed. Mm-hmm. And she also doesn't quite understand the creative process. You know. So she thinks I should come in here at nine o'clock on a Monday, and leave at five. Right. And that's what you do. And that's like creativity. Some doesn't work like that no. sometimes you have days where you're really onto it oh yeah and you're yeah. coming at six and you're on it till 10 like at night and some days you honestly you have days where things just aren't working and, yeah and i think every creative person gets this but you get days where you just feel that everything you're doing is is crap yeah you know yeah and i've i've learned now that the best thing to do is turn everything off go for a walk and do something else right. you know because there's no point trying to power through it because you'll just feel worse yeah yeah you know? yeah and also sometimes ideas can hit you at three o'clock in the morning yeah ideas yeah the best ideas come when you're not trying yeah you know? yeah of course they do yeah so when it came to um building this studio yeah. and stuff like that yeah was who did you go to to look for advice or well, when when the the business the music production business started to work out i was up in the loft in the house right okay and it was fine up there, but there was a bit of a height restriction. Anyone over six foot one had to stoop. <laughs> it was a bit. It's all the bass players. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just a bit rubbish up there, and um, we had some savings, right. and um, we Sarah's aunt passed away, and she Sarah inherited a little bit of money. So we decided to put it into building this. Okay. So we went to um, a garden office manufacturer. Okay. And they did specialist ones that are soundproof. Wow. So got it built from scratch. It was a lot of money, but it's been worth it. You know. So if you're whacking away at the drums, can you hear them in the house? Or? Yeah, you, you, you can hear drums. Pretty much everything else you can't, you can't hear. But drums are just such a loud instrument. Yeah. And it's and it's, it's the bassiness of it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's been it's been all right, you know. Um I think the only problem is that in the summer it gets really hot in here, so we have yeah. to open the open the doors. But not no one has ever complained. No, no. So it's pretty cool. It must be lovely neighbours then. Yeah, they're good ones. <laughs> so um when so when you eventually got this built up and running, all the gear was yeah. How, how, how was it finding the artists to come in? Was that a struggle or was it something that there were people around here that needed it? Yeah. When when I first um, kind of went full time and I, I got my website up and running, right. one of the most important things I did was 
I went to um, I went on a course for SEO, search engine optimization, to work out how to get your website to the top of Google. Okay. Um, so I did that and I put everything in place and I went to the top of Google straight away. Like literally, if you put you, Music Producer UK into Google, yeah. I, came, I was at the top. Right, yeah. And like even now, I'm still second or third or something. Um, so I assumed that I would just be working with people in Derby or these Midlands. Right. But actually what happened was that people came from not only over the U all over the UK, but from all over the world. Yeah. So I I kind of advertised and people came from, you know, America and Australia and, yeah. L and London and places like that. So Did it add the pressure knowing that people were coming that far to work no, with you? Or no, I you... don't mind. And quite often what we'd do is we'd work over the internet. Right. So, you know, I'd create the track to their specifications send it over to them and they record um local to them the yeah. vocals and then send them over occasionally someone would make the trek all the way here there's a woman from um, qatar right. um <laughs> and she was just like yeah i'll come over to you and record and take a flight and stay in a posh hotel nearby which was you know amazing wow. that someone came all that way second time she recorded i said um do you want to come and record here and she said I could do, but how much does Abbey Road cost? Okay. And I was like, uh, so I looked into it and it was 900 quid for the smallest room in Abbey Road. Yeah, she was yeah. like, yeah, let's do it. So okay. we, so you went so we worked at her. Abbey Road, yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. So you took a woman from Qatar yeah. who flew, flew all the way over down yeah. to Abbey Road. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was, that was a pretty good day. That, 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 wow. that, sounds, um, that sounds amazing, that. Yeah. So um, what was it like working at Abbey Road? So I know I, as I look around, I can see a lot of Beatles stuff. Yes. And in your house, there was a lot of Beatles stuff. So I can imagine that was... Yeah, no, it, it was amazing. You know, you, you get there and there's loads of people outside. And you and get, they do, you and get they do, to And they're doing the walk along the... Oh, yeah. The, you you uh, can tell road, that yeah. all the traffic's the getting road, right yeah. annoyed as well. <laughs> but, um, you know, everyone's waiting outside and, and you're allowed to go in. You yeah. Know, which is amazing in itself. Um, But we had an engineer who's based at Abbey Road, which meant that I could focus just on the production, which yeah, was great. Yeah. Um, but on our lunch break, he said, Studio 2, where the Beatles recorded, um, there was an orchestra playing there. He says, they've gone on their lunch break. Do you want to have a quick look? Okay. So we went in, and and it, it took my breath away when we opened the door because it looks exactly like it used to. Right, okay. So if you've ever seen footage of the Beatles recording or any of yeah. the photos, it still looks exactly the same. Wow. And there's a piano down there, which they would most likely have used. And um, it's amazing. It's wow. amazing. And it's so big. The, the room is massive. And you have to go down some steps from the actual studio okay. area. So it was. It was quite an, it was quite an amazing experience. Yeah. Wow. So, um, as you said earlier, you work with mainly singer-songwriters. Yeah. I'm assuming most of them are acoustic, kind of, or is it different? Do you have different artists, or is there, is there kind of a kind of certain type of people that you most likely find over here? Yeah, I'm, I have a whole spectrum, really. You know, um, I suppose the most frequent kind of person I get is someone who has recorded, has written a song on an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Um and wants, wants to record it. But I have a whole spectrum. So on one end of the spectrum, you have people that, that self-produce, yeah. but just want to send me the track to cast an eye over, an opener, sorry, cast an eye over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe add bits here and there and tweak the mix. 
Right. And uh, and that's it. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you get people who can't play an instrument and can't even really sing. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, I had, <laughs> I had one guy from Greece and what he sent me was him murmuring into his phone. <laughs> yeah. And he said, uh, turn that into a hit. And I was like, all right. So I had to do everything. I had to kind of turn the murmurs into words. I had to write a melody, of chords, get a singer in. Um, but we did and he was really happy with it and it's still a good tune to be so honest. What, what did, what did he get out of that? He just got <laughs> a song that he co-wrote okay you know enough and and he could say to he didn't have any ambition to kind of make it bigger or anything he just wanted to say to people look i've got this song okay so if you can't play instrument murmuring works apparently so (laughs) (laughs) so um bring your murmuring here so um if you um so if you are an acoustic artist out there who probably necessarily can't play bass drums keyboard you can do all of that and you can help them with the track and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's 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 a number of things really because, yeah, I put an instrumentation on, onto it, but it's also about getting the best out of the song right. and out of the performer. Um, so, you know, working out what's the best structure is for the song. Yeah. Um, getting the best vocal out of the person. Yeah. Um, and, and making them feel comfortable, that's just a massive thing. You know, one of the good things about being in here is that I'm not on the other side of a glass panel yeah. with a red light where I talk to them through, a, through an intercom. You're li- literally a metre away. Exactly. And I <laughs> and I, uh, I think you'll find it's two. But, two, uh, <laughs> two, two metres, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it means that they can sing and then I can turn around and just say, OK, should we try it this way? And yeah. it's a much more personal way of, of working with somebody and... Um, I did, when I first got this place built, I did think about putting the glass panel in. But then, there's no point. No. And it's, it's much nicer as it is. Yeah, it is, it's it's nice and it's very personal. And then, yeah, it must be nice interaction with people just there. There's, yeah, it's yeah. all right. So, um, so as, a, as a producer, as pe- people doing most things, you're always learning yeah. uh, as you go. Mm-hmm. What's the kind of biggest thing you've learned recently, kind of even doing it for so long? Is yeah. there something you've kind of learnt recently and then gone, oh, and then you could have done that? Oh, do you know what? I don't think there's one big thing. There's, It's just like you are constantly learning small lessons yeah. that all add up. Yeah. You know, um, if I look at stuff that I did eight years ago, yeah. I, I can't really listen to it. because. Okay. But I also assume that in another eight years' time, I'll look back at stuff I'm doing now yeah and go oh you know because I, th- I think that with everyone it's always a a learning process and if you're not learning then there's something wrong you know if you think you're the best at what you do yeah then um then you know you're just deluded but um no i don't i don't think anything massive um no. i think the the biggest epiphany i've had throughout this whole journey is that you don't need masses and masses of plugins and effects and instrumentation you don't need because you're constantly being sold by adverts and stuff and 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 the magazines and stuff you need this bit of gear you need this bit of kit right it's not true you know um just going back to the beatles they had probably a 50th of what i've got in my studio Mm. And they made some pretty good stuff, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, well, yeah, 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 they're they all right. You know. Yeah, they did their bit. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, 
but yeah you just you just don't need all that stuff and i think it's um, it's it's there to distract you it's there yeah. to make you pay money and take up your time because to learn every new bit of kit you get you have to you know put time aside so i think it's just about working with what you got yeah cool. so um, one of the things that you do that a lot of people i'm not sure whether they would do the same is when you record an artist and the song's been released you don't take any royalties or anything like that the song is 100 percent theirs is that right yeah that's right what what i basically do and it's on the website the thing is when someone puts a song out and they're an unsigned artist mm -hmm. it's unlikely to get to number one or anything like yeah. that um it's so there's no point in me saying you know i will be taking three percent of this right. and you know it's it's not really my place to but what i do say is that if somebody gets signed mm -hmm. with a track that i've produced okay the producer's points kick in then right okay so and, and that would just be three percent or whatever yeah. but but yeah it's for kind of for for new artists or unsigned artists or um no no i don't i don't I and, think, I, and i never yeah. take any songwriting either yeah i think especially instrumentation wise because if you're if you have got a singer songwriter that's just playing acoustic guitar and singing yeah you've played everything else yeah that's most people would probably if they're 90 percent of the track yeah they'll they'll want but well, so it's good that you what i think with songwriting credits is if that song has been written and can be performed on acoustic guitar and vocals then yeah. it exists as a song okay, it yeah, doesn't matter yeah. what i put on it it's still a song it's like a that is the house i'm just decorating it yeah you know? i like it I, I, I like the way you're looking at that um so i'm gonna make you pick your best your favorite this is gonna be like picking your favorite child right now right. what's your favorite track you've ever produced oh god in here or since because on people won't be able to see. I'll I'll try and get some pictures up on social media. But you've got every time you record an artist, you take a Polaroid. Yes. And it's on your wall. So got all, wall all of those fame. people. What's yeah. your favourite track you've? Oh man. I've got a few. I've got a few. Can I say a few? Yeah, go go for it. Why not? Well, I really like yours. Oh, lovely. And I'm not just saying that because <laughs> you're interviewing me. Yeah, no, that's fine. I would have said it anyway. I really like it. I think it's a really good song. Okay. Um. People, so, people probably might not know that I, I recorded here a couple of years ago. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and um, that song's still flowing about. Yeah, Heartbeat yeah. by Billy Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I I really like that one. I was really happy. I mean, I, the song was great anyway, but I was really happy with how it turned out. Yes. Um, and it, it sounds very radio friendly. So, really like that one. I worked with um a lady called Kezia Gill uh, and I, I really like a lot of the stuff that I've done with her if I had to pick a song there's a song called Control which we did in a day okay and the whole thing yeah the whole thing yeah wow so well that didn't we do Control uh, didn't your track pretty quick my as well. track I think we did I came in did the guitar hmm. and then you did your bits right and then i think i came back and did the vocals but it was literally it was still pretty quick both times it? i think i was only here a couple of hours so yeah, i think yeah. it was about four or five hours altogether yeah with you here with, yeah, with yeah. me here yeah. yeah so well that's the thing you know i i tend to favor the things that took the least time because yeah. a you don't get bored of them but b I, I think that those things sound fresh i think that 
you know, occasionally you get artists that come in and they they want to kind of really overthink everything. And I think you can tell when something's been overthought. Right. It just doesn't feel as fresh. Um, having said that, another one of the tracks I like was by David Lacey um, called Treading Water. And that took blooming months. <laughs> but I listened to it and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So. Cool. Um, so... What I what I've done is because this is the first podcast. Yeah. There's probably not many people know what I'm doing. Right. I so the, I, I couldn't really put a um a question out on social media with questions for you. So what I did was I went on a uh kind of producers group on All Facebook right. and said if you've got any questions you'd like to ask a producer. Right. Drop them in. So I've got a, a couple of them, which I'm going to ask you. Okay. So um. I won't drop the people's names in because I'm not going to lie. There was, I think a lot of the names that people were using weren't their real names. Right. Because I think there was a lot of rappers and stuff in this group. But I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, right, what is the one thing that every song needs to have that spark? Is, the, is there one thing that a track needs to have that kind of... Not, no, not a definable thing. It's an indefinable thing that it okay. needs to have. Do you know what I mean? I can't say what makes a track great. It's, it's, it's an oh, gosh, that's a really hard question. Because um, one of one of the things that a common one an answer I noticed was a good vocal is key. Would you agree? A good vocal is key, but then you know if you listen to the Sex Pistols or Bob Dylan, yeah, maybe it's not key. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, obviously you've got to try and get the best vocal. Yeah. Y- you can and i think the the song is the most important thing right okay you know if the song is bad then you can dress it up mm-hmm. and you can do what you what you can with it but but you're kind of limited um so i, th- I think the song is the most important thing um yeah okay. that's the only thing i can say fair enough that's yeah. fine um when you um, listen to your production back, doing yeah. those final kind of tweaks, mm-hmm. um, what is what's some, what's the one what's the thing you're looking for? Is in um, is it are you looking for it all to? How do I word this? This, this is a very dodgy question. Someone wrote, "What's the first thing you listen for in production?" How do how do we pass that on? Um, so I don't know whether that is when you when you're mixing. Maybe is what so what, like when do I know when it's finished? Yeah, when do you, well, yeah, yeah. When do you know when it's complete and you're happy to right? That's finished. Yeah, it's basically um, one thing with me is I never work to a formula. It's it's completely intuitive how I work, and it, it's a series of little micro decisions, which is constantly does this sound good? Yes or no? Right. So, at the point where there's no more no's. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's when it's done, you know, I, and 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 that's it really because, you know, you can tinker with things forever. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, it doesn't necessarily make them better. Right. You know? But, you know, I, I, I kind of just work with a track and mould it until it's, um, until it's right, you know. Mm. I think there's no procedure in the studio that can't be matched with a cooking metaphor. Okay. Um, and it's the same with cooking. You know, I, I cook in the same way as I produce, which is I throw stuff together 
until it tastes good. Right. And when it tastes good, it's ready. I like it, yeah. And yeah. and that's the same way I, I produce. I Quite often I pick up a guitar and I don't know what I'm going to play. Okay. And, I, and then I just start playing. And if it sounds good, I leave it on. And if it doesn't, I scrap it and do something else, you know. Right, okay. Cool. So um, then, then the, there's one more. The last one is, mm-hmm. um, do you ever listen to other people's production and get frustrated? No, I don't. Um, because I think that... Actually, that's a lie. Occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> occasionally. I, I just... I'm not in the business of... Um, of listening to other people's production and saying that's not right. Because... Right. You know, it's a creative thing, which means that there is no right or wrong. Okay. There's there's enough people out there saying, you know, oh, we should have used a different snare drum for that, or, you know, you must use this compression on your bass, yeah. otherwise you're not doing it correctly. I don't I don't buy into all that. So I think that anything, as long as it sounds good, yeah, is um, is is a, a viable thing to do. Going back to your question before, which sort of ties in with this one oh, about yeah. um, what lesson I've learned. Um, just bear with me while my There's brain right. catches up. <laughs> um, yes, that's it. I used to worry about my mixers quite a lot. Okay. I, so I, I did used to worry that they weren't technically perfect. Um, and then I read something from a mixing engineer who basically said he worried about that too. And that he goes on the emotion of a mix and emotion of a song okay. and how it makes him feel. Is it sending, is it getting all the right things buzzing, you know? Right. I was like, well, that's actually what I do. Yeah. You know, technically, there are uni- 18-year-old university students that know a lot more than me okay. about how things work. But I just go purely on vibe and intuition and actually that's worked for me and i think it it can work for other people so yeah that's a long way around to saying i don't criticize other people's mixes right. because that's their way of doing it yeah. as long as long as they've done it with their ears and not their eyes i think right, sometimes yeah. if you mix with your eyes and mix it how it should be according to theory in inverted yeah. commas then it won't sound great cool uh, are you recording anyone today? I am actually, yes. I've got a guy called John Hardy coming uh, at 5.30 and he's done some little folky numbers. He had a double bass um, in our last session. Wow. Which I've never recorded a double bass before. That turned out pretty good. Was that was that a new challenge or? <clears throat> it was. I had, to, <laughs> I had to Google how to record a double bass because I've literally never done okay. it. But it, it turned out it turned out beautiful. And he's coming to record some vocals today and then some cello uh, in a couple of weeks. So. Is that new single, new EP? What's new that? EP, it would New seem. EP, yeah. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for joining me I've, on the Not first ever Black Iron podcast. Not a problem. I've good very, luck I've with it. very much enjoyed it. It's, um, yeah, it's been really good. Oh, I hope it's been useful. So uh, thank you very much. Where can people find you online if they need a producer? Okay, uh, well... I've got a website at www.hainsmusic.com, Haynes with a Y, and I'm on Facebook as well, Haynes Music Productions. Lovely, thank you very much. Uh, if you want to check out uh, all the Like I Am social media, on Instagram it's at Like I Am Pod, and Facebook it's just Like I Am. 
thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, uh, Ben, for joining no me. No problem. And, yeah, thank you very much. Cheers. I, I don't know how to end this thing. It's really this is the end of this. the podcast. There we go. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs>